0: helping them understand what supplier diversity is and how it got started. And the companies that are really paving the way around it is something that is really, really important to Higher Ground. And I know that you're equally as passionate about it. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. With everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insights into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. Today we are going to be talking about what is supplier diversity and really understanding the history of it because when we look at next generation entrepreneurs and from discussions that both Adam and I have had, mm-hmm. we realize that a lot of them don't know what supplier diversity is and they don't know that they have these advocates in mm-hmm. organizations. So Adam, yeah. this is going to be really a, a question for you. I want to hear how how companies you know, in practice mm-hmm. really define supplier diversity but just if we look on wikipedia just for our listeners mm-hmm. i want to i want to tell you guys what what wikipedia and how they define it a supplier diversity program is a proactive business program that encourages the use of these four groups minority owned women mm-hmm. owned veteran owned and lgbt owned businesses mm-hmm. as well as service disabled veterans historically underutilized businesses and the sba defined small businesses right so as we think about that you know what does that look like in practice you know when 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 organizations have mm-hmm. a program that proactively reaches out to businesses tell us about that yeah
1: right so i think the definition helps start getting you there right yes. but it's when you actually need to put the program in place. You have to realize the definition only outlines the problem. It doesn't give you the solution. Right. Right. So supplier diversity for me, from a corporate standpoint, isn't so much a definition or a case study as it is a program where we're actively helping reduce barrier of entry mm. to small and diverse businesses into corporate America. Right. right. Um, so the definition for me is, is, is all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. We are going to do work with what we consider the classified diverse categories, minorities, minorities LGBTQ, Asian, uh, service disabled, disabled. Right. So there's a, quite a list mm-hmm. that we can that the government has already predefined. So um, you take that list and then we try to look at that. And then for me, supplier diversity is a lot more than just going and trying to find a high powered supplier and bring them into your organization. It is pipelining, it is mentoring, Mm, it mm. is pulling up alongside and helping them understand what it means to be inside corporate America. Mm. And I think what's interesting for me is when I talk to a lot of diverse owners, they uh, have come from corporate America. They've had a corporate job. So like, oh, I've got this. Well, that's great. But you were siloed over here. You didn't really experience, well, what is it like to bid in an RFP? Right. What's it like to really kind of deal now with the compliance aspect of corporate America? Right. You know, and my specialty is in the finance vertical. We were highly regulated yeah right? so there was it wasn't just a, so much of like hey you're a great gal or guy we want to bring you in we're going to do great things it's like hey can you buy an entire bank if you mess up i don't know like all of our data right, right? so and right. people are like well, what are you talking about Like, well that was indemnification so there's an education proponent to supplier diversity too mm. people need to understand what is it what does it mean to do business with corporate america and then define what is that risk to my organization to do business with corporate America, right. right? So, supplier diversity for me is way more than just a a program or a, hey, we're going to spend so much with minorities. Great things. Don't get me wrong. We need to be doing that. But for it to be an effective, highly valuable program that diverse suppliers are like, I want to be part of what you guys are doing. You have to realize it's a lot more work. It's it's not something, supplier diversity is not something that you can add to somebody's job description and have them do the you know their main day job. And then, oh yeah, by the way, they handle supplier diversity for us too. You'll burn that person out really fast. Right. You know, you need to have two or three dedicated individuals that this is all they do. They build the relationships, they build the bridges, they help expand that knowledge base both internally and externally because it's not just one thing to explain the corporation to the diverse suppliers. Right. You have to explain the diverse suppliers to the corporation because they won't get it. Yeah. Right they they know and they're safe with the big banners that are out there right if we yeah. look at consulting there's like three or four major consultancies consulting out firms, there yeah. that that's just who everybody uses because nobody got fired for hiring them but if they go and they they find Chloe Inc mm-hmm. they're going to be like well who is this All right, right? be the best advisor known to mankind, but there's some risk in accepting sure. this small boutique supplier. So, you have to work on the risk on both sides. Right. So, it's in negotiation. I tell people all the time, as a supplier diversity professional, you're going to wear the hat of advocate, teacher, uh, you know, the, you're, you're just out there kind of proclaiming what the, the, the truth of supplier diversity is. You know, you've got to right. truly advocate for that. So, supplier diversity as a definition is fine for you to start with, yeah. but when you start to peel back the onion, you've got to remember supply supplier diversity is a lot more than just that. Yeah. You know, and it's a much larger conversation. Each, each part I've just brought up in is, you know, a conversation in of its of itself that I work with when I'm mentoring other supplier diversity professionals on, well, what are you guys doing in mentoring? What are you guys doing in education? Yeah. How are you pulling up alongside? And, and that's something I want to make sure everybody understands. Is it's not just a, hey, I'm a corporation, I'm going to throw money your way. A lot of the diverse suppliers I've met in my career want to learn. They want to grow. They yeah. truly want you to pull up alongside of them right. and help them grow and nurture their business because it's their baby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much that goes into that. And I think that you know, I appreciate that explanation. Um, When you think about successfully setting up Mm -hmm. supplier diversity, supplier inclusion programs at organizations, where do you think that they fit in terms of the organization? You know, would they be under procurement? Would they be under operations, Mm -hmm. supply chain? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you see like the most successful programs, you know, where are they? Are they under HR? I've seen them in so many, we've seen them in all all these different ones. Right,
1: yeah, they really are. I think in my mind, the most successful, supplier diversity programs are up underneath the cpo right right so they are in the mix with the rest of the buying organization that's there you as a supplier diversity professional can now develop relationships not just with the cpo but with all your category managers i mean however that's set up i mean everybody's going to do it differently have different titles but at the end of the day in my opinion a successful supplier diversity program is up underneath sourcing whatever that looks like for your organization uh their leader the supplier diversity lead reports directly to the cpo themselves so that they can have direct conversations. Right. Otherwise, what happens is if you move them over to legal as like part of compliance or you make it a subset of HR, mm-hmm. you tend to, you, you've now lost that connectivity really to the lifeblood of what a supplier wants. Diverse or not diverse, right. a supplier wants a connection to the sourcing group. Right. So, so by why? being able to sit there, the other thing too is if you've got uh, supplier diversity professionals that maybe have never done sourcing or negotiated contracts or come from more of an HR or operational background. Yeah it's good to have them sit in sourcing so that they can learn what are some of the pain points of the people trying to write the contracts.
0: Right. Exactly. Because that's a really
1: big part too. And, and I mean, I, 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 think that from my experience where I was in corporate America sitting in a, uh, organization just like that, we were up underneath the CPO, which reported directly to him. Right. Uh, we were actually able to talk to our, Commodity managers understand where their pain points are, or they could come to us in a negotiation and say, "Hey, Adam, just to let you know, we're negotiating with the supplier. You brought us a great product, but they're getting hung up here.
0: Right? Right?
1: They're getting hung up on this one point." And I'm like, "Okay, hang on. Let me just go have a sidebar conversation." And that's with what them. you're
0: talking about when you talk about the advocacy piece, the advocacy piece, yes. and that's the relationship piece yes. too, right? So yes. So yeah.
1: It's it's really important because I could call, I could text. I'm like, "Hey." Um, Chloe, just to let you know, I think this is where the problem is. Tell me what you, tell me what your concern is. Mm -hmm. Let me help you walk through it. Mm -hmm. And I might be saying the exact same thing. My commodity manager has been telling them for like the last hour and he's wanting to bang his head against the wall a little bit right now. But because I have a relationship with you, there's a trust factor here. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, if Adam's saying this and I've had this, you know, I've talked to him for a year then, okay, I can let this go. Right. Right. Or I can get there. I can hear what they're saying and realize what they're saying is a legitimate concern, a legitimate risk, but they're not using the right lingo that my supplier manager wants to hear. Right. And I can translate their concern now kind of more into corporate America speak. Right. Right. And, and have a, a conversation and then their light bulb will go on and go, oh, well, we can put alternative language around that.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So supplier diversity isn't just a here's your supplier, shunk, good luck. Right.
0: <laughs> yes. See you.
1: Yes. And you walk out the door to go to the next problem. You are there when you sign up to be in supplier diversity. You are in that supplier's life, start to finish in their entire career with right. your organization. Right. Right. Until one of the two of you walk out the door, you're part of that supplier's life. Yeah. For me, I've always found that to be very exciting and why I love the job. Yeah. Um, but you got to remember, that's, those are the successful programs. When I know peers that were in, in supplier diversity with me and they had successful programs, we were all doing the same thing. Right. I mean, we were there for our suppliers all the time. They had my personal cell phone number. I yeah. knew everything about them. They knew yeah. everything about me. So it's just It makes it of easy ways.
0: for you to advocate for it them. It makes with, it easy for you yeah, to advocate for them, because right? Because you know them. You know their business. You know, you know wh- right. and you know both sides. You like know you said. both
1: sides, right? You know both sides of it, and then you have a degree of confidence of if I put you in front of X person, I know what you're capable of. I, yeah. I've heard your story. We've rehearsed it. We've practiced it. We've gone over it. You're going to nail it. Yes. Right. So, because as, and so for our diverse suppliers listening to us, they have to realize that your supplier diversity professional or advocate or champion, whoever you're working with, they're kind of putting their name behind you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: So if I go to, and I say, Hey guys, I want to hire ground to have a look at this project. Yeah. I've now put the Adam stamp on higher ground.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I want to make sure that whoever gets that stamp Is going to deliver
0: exactly right. Exactly. No, that makes one hundred percent sense. And it's so interesting just how supplier diversity has just evolved. It has. And you know, for for so many people, I don't think that they know how it started. So when we look at just you know the history of supplier diversity you know, it spans from the civil rights movement. It does. And the 1960s. Yes. And really sort of it's evolved where, you know, it was an initiative more around economic development. Correct. So it was started with the Johnson, the Johnson administration and the executive order. I believe it was 11246, um and it allowed affirmative action and discrimination protections Mm -hmm. and included contracting opportunities for women as well as minority groups. Correct. Yes. So, and then the biggest growth came after that, you know, with the Nixon administration Mm -hmm. in 1969, and he established the Office of Minority Business Enterprise, Mm -hmm. which now is known as MBDA. Right. And so this was more of a focus around government initiatives. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, what the government did was incentivize the private market as well with tax credits to to diversify and and make their supply chains more inclusive Mm -hmm. and i just i find that with each administration they've made some changes to it and they've grown it um there's just we we've got to do a little bit more advocacy in terms of you know knowledge sharing and knowledge transfer yes yes What it, how it started and that these corporations actually have it and that each administration, I think, needs to put a focus on it, you know, and, and, and they really need to think about the development piece of it. I mean, like what you were talking about. I mean, I think that, yes, yes, the ones that have come from corporate, they're They've got a running start. They're ahead of the race. They
1: do. Yeah. They understand what it's like to sit behind the desk, to have those conversations. What does that bureaucracy look like? Exactly.
0: But then there's so many that just start their entrepreneur journey at the beginning.
1: Right out of college.
0: Right out of college. Amazing people. Amazing and talented and innovative. And so helping them understand what supplier diversity is and how it got started and the companies that are really paving the way around it is something that is really, really important to higher ground. And I know that you're equally as passionate about it. I
1: am just as equally passionate about it. And you know, for me, the education is on both parts. Yes. Right. So we we have to educate our diverse and small business owners on how to work with corporate America. Right. And we have to educate corporate America on how to work with our small and diverse business owners. So let's take some of the, the recent issues we've had lately. Sure. Right. It would kill a business in this current climate a small, diverse business. That's sure. what I'm talking about, right? Small, mm-hmm. diverse business. Payment ter- terms in corporate America, 45, 90 days, sometimes 180 in manufacturing, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. I know very few that have a cash flow positive enough structure mm. to withstand 180-day mm. payable, right? So that's when corporate America needs to sit there and go, hmm, hmm. I might be killing the small guy Yeah, and set up a, set up a policy where, you know, I'm going to pay you in on receipt. I'm going to pay you All in 10 right.
0: Right. right for all your small businesses. For because, all your small businesses, because we know right. that small businesses are the lifeblood of our country. They are. Yes, they are
1: right. And it's and it is. So oftentimes when I talk to, to students or, or protégés or, or the people I'm mentoring, I talk about the whole ecosystem of it, right? Yes, yeah. And just like, just like an ecosystem, I have to have my larger companies, I have to have my mid-sized companies, I have to have my smaller companies, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we've seen it, and we'll, just not, we'll not get too political, but I think we've seen administrations either concentrate on one spectrum or the other. Mids are just kind of there.
0: Yeah. They're
1: either, all the breaks are going to the large, all the breaks are going to the small. Right. Well, you have, everybody has to work together.
0: Everybody has to.
1: And we have to have these small and diverse businesses thrive. I mean, if we We want to turn the economy around or even when it gets to a point where it's strong, keeping it strong, it's all going to be on the backs of small and diverse businesses. We have to have those nimble, agile companies out there that help direct change, but they have to understand that just because their corporate culture is one thing does not mean that the bigger corporations' culture is the same way. Right. And how do you translate that? How do you work that? How do you maneuver mm-hmm.
0: that? Do you think um, that corporations should sort of bend to the to small business, or at least consider, you know, okay, instead of, because what I've seen is a lot of corporations are like, well, this is our policy yes. and you need to yes. adhere to these. Yes. And I understand that to sure. a certain degree. Yeah. But when you talk about innovation and mm-hmm. when you talk, talk about all these other various things I think that there's a medium you know and there's there a, there's a road that needs right. to <laughs> that everyone needs to meet on right. you know so right. um, because yeah when I think about the speed at which innovation is being developed and the speed at which you know small businesses you know especially technology and you know there's other industries as well yep. how fast they're moving and if you want to be competitive as a large organization,
1: they're cranking. Yeah. They're I mean, absolutely cranking. And so then the problem is, so you've got your large corporation. They're out here doing great things. Right. Right. Uh, then you try to introduce a small company into that. But the small company doesn't realize is that they're a risk. Right. Right. And so at the end of the day, so when I, when I talk to people, I'm like, so, okay, let's talk about who's responsible to who. Right. right. As a small business owner, you're kind of responsible to yourself yeah. and maybe your family. Right. Because right? you're the one keeping the lights right. on. And not just your family. I mean, let's expand it. You're responsible for you got 20 employees you're responsible for 20 families
0: exactly right at exactly. the end of the at,
1: the at the end of the day mm-hmm. you're responsible for 20 families the corporation is responsible to the board and if you're Share- in a, and, and all
0: your shareholders and all your shareholders right? right
1: and if you're in a federally regulated space transportation banking insurance medical care right you're also responsible to your federal regulator
0: mm-hmm.
1: right yeah. and your federal regulators are going to look at your business risks yeah and your business risks define how you do business exactly so the small supplier you got to realize they are going to have constraints Yes. Especially if you're going to go after somebody in a regulated industry. Right. So what you have to understand is how do you help them mitigate the risk of bringing you on board?
0: I love that. And that is going to be a great segment into our next episode when we talk about just risks and how do we help suppliers when they think about, all right, I want to go after this company. Where do I find the best way to avoid and give them some peace of mind around the risk of doing business with a completely new supplier?
1: Yes, and that's a lot of conversation. I can't wait to have it with you here shortly.
0: Yes, 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 (laughs) yes, yes. On our next episode. Thank you so much for joining. Join us. Bye. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.